Welcome to the last 8% morning. This is JP Palu Fry. It's so great to be with you today. In today's session, do you sometimes find that you get overwhelmed with strong emotions, unable to think straight, engulfed by the situation, and not sure what to do next? Well, you are not alone. Many people feel this way. This is EI Week Emotional Management. We're going to focus on emotional management this entire week. And today we're going to answer the questions, what is emotional management? and Why is it important? And how do we increase it? Let's walk. out and walking, enjoying this gorgeous day. If you're new to the last 8% morning, we walk. Over the course of 15 to 20 minutes, we integrate movement and mindfulness and mental training exercises. So we start by feeling our feet on the ground, feeling our belly rise and fall. Feeling our hands swing being in our body. As you will see in today's session, being in our body matters. Standing tall as we're walking, looking around, feeling grateful. Why do we do this? We want to build the skills necessary to be our best in our most difficult moments, what we call last 8% moments. What are the skills we're building? Emotional intelligence. Why? Because emotions get in our way. And today we're going to be talking about emotional management. So even more so than some of the other episodes, this one really matters to helping us be closer to our best in our most important moments. So right now, just feeling our feet on the ground and our belly rise and fall. Checking in with our body, feeling the area around the head and neck. What sensations do you feel there? Part of what we're trying to do is bring mindfulness to the sensations we are experiencing. So we can tune into the barometer of pleasant to unpleasant. And in fact, it's pleasant, neutral, unpleasant. So just check your whole body right now. Tune in. And just see if you sense any unpleasant without trying to change it. Just bring some non-judgmental awareness to it. Now move to the barometer of calm, neutral, not calm. That's our second barometer. Again, just tune in. Where in your body do you feel any not calm or agitated or aroused physical sensations. 
You might feel a lot of neutral. You might feel a little bit of calm. Either way, we're just tuning in. So feel your whole body. Feel your belly rise and fall. Standing tall, looking around, feeling grateful. We're going to move in earlier than we usually do to idea of the day because there's so much to cover. Given this is emotional management week of, you know, this focus on emotional intelligence. So what is emotional management and why is it important? and Why do we want to increase it? Well, it's the ability to regulate our emotions, our thoughts and behaviors in the face of temptations and impulses, all in an effort to work towards some specific goals that we have. It's at the center of everything we do. We cannot engage in any intentional behavior and attain a goal without emotional management. We cannot have last 8% conversations, those really difficult conversations, or make last 8% decisions if we are unable to manage our emotions effectively. If we don't have the skills to stay when things get hot, we will not be able to execute effectively in the moment. And with all of the challenges that are inherent in a relationship, again, it's very difficult to build a relationship and emotionally connect with someone if we are not adept at emotional management. So it behooves us to do everything we can to increase emotional management. And in our model, our training model, which we worked on for 20 years to build with our research, there's self-awareness, which we did last week, then emotional management, and then emotional connection. So we're going to focus on emotional management this week. So to start, we need to be self-aware. There's quite a bit of overlap. We need to understand how do we habitually react when we are facing our more difficult moments. Because most of us have a reaction pathway. That is a trigger that uniquely to us, and when it's connected to an emotional need that might not be being met for us, such as not being respected, not having autonomy, not having a voice. So you put the trigger and this emotional need that's not being met together, and this can cause us to fall into a predictable default behavior. And if you're a longtime listener, you know that's one of two things. We either avoid or we make a mess. So just reflect for yourself. What is yours? Which your predictable default behavior. It's really important to understand this if we're going to be able to manage our emotions. So let's go back to our body, standing tall, feeling our body as it walks, looking around, feeling grateful. So how do we grow emotional management? I'm going to give you a number of ideas here, and there are many more. So experiment with what works for you. So number one, we need to manage our body, our physical sensations. Why? Well, our bodies and our minds are interwoven. Because of the way we make emotions, whatever sensations we experience impact the emotions that we make. So that might not make sense to you if you're a new time listener. So for more detail, go to the session on how we make emotions and that'll give you more detail. But just in brief, Here's how we make emotions. We have a physical sensation that's very fast, very ambiguous, comes into our nervous system. Our brain now compares that to its experience template. 
all the things that have happened to us before. And it quickly decides, is this, it makes a prediction. Is this good or bad? Is it positive or negative? Are we under threat or not? And then we have our voice in our head, our thoughts that come after that. And then we start to kick out a whole bunch of chemicals, cortisol, etc. But the bottom line is that we make emotions first and foremost with physical sensations. And the label that we put on the prediction is an emotional label. That's This is how we make emotions. It's a label, in fact. But the thing is, is that our brain can make prediction errors because that information is fast and it's very ambiguous. So one of the ways in to manage emotions is to manage our body and our physical sensations. If we are sedentary a lot of the day, if we don't move, if our brain is more prone in that case to make a prediction error and believe that things are worse than they actually are. So it's really important to move. That's why movement is part of this whole design with the last 8% morning podcast. It changes how our brain experiences our physical sensations and it influences the emotions we make. By the way, there's a episode, I was going to say a great episode. I think it's a great episode on, I believe it's the episode number two, why movement matters. And that can give you a whole bunch of ideas around why we need to manage our body and our physical sensations. Now, as part of this, part of managing our physical state, we need to be aware of when we are halted. H-A-L-T, halted. Not my acronym. I believe it came from the 12-step program. But this is when we're hungry for H, angry for A, lonely for L, and tired for T. So hungry, angry, lonely, tired. When we are hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, again, our brain is more prone to make a prediction error. So just look at hungry. We need to be really careful about what we put into our bodies, not just because of physical health and weight and all of those things, but because to make good decisions and execute behaviors, we need sufficient glucose in our brain. This is especially important as we experience what is known as ego depletion, which is just the kind of technical term for what happens when we need to make a lot of decisions and we need to exert a lot of impulse control over our behavior. Our ego gets depleted. Another way to think of it is we experience decision fatigue. We have trouble being at our best at a certain point in the day. So we need to be thoughtful about what we put into our bodies. In another podcast, I will discuss glycemic index and some really interesting research around why our brain at times can make poor predictions based on you know, the glucose in our brain. So that's hungry, angry. If we have not resolved some challenge in a relationship or holding on to some anger, some residue of anger, it's very difficult to manage our emotions in the moment. Again, can cause more prediction error. One of the big reasons why we need to have last 8% conversations, because if we don't, if we allow that residue to build up, then we're not going to be as effective in that next moment because we go in a bit more halted. The L is lonely when we're not feeling connected in our most important relationships. It impacts how we feel and our ability to manage emotions. We'll cover relationships and emotional connection in future episodes, but for now, no, it's really important to pay attention to our relationships. And finally, the T is tired. Many of us are sleep deprived and it puts us again at a bigger risk of our brain making these prediction errors about what we are actually feeling. I fall into this one especially. So we need to manage our body, 
and we need to manage being halted. So that's kind of the first big one of emotional management. We're going to be covering this all week. There's going to be a lot of ideas. Number two, we need to, there's a real importance of acceptance. What do I mean by that? Well, we've been taught our whole lives to take charge, to move away from things that are uncomfortable, that don't make us feel good. And so we are told if we're thinking something negative to change it to something positive. Now, I understand this, and I think there's a time and place to to actively do that. But for many of us, it becomes a habit, a real habitual way, an automatic way of experiencing the world. It doesn't feel good, we move away from it. The problem is that if we try to push away our emotions or thoughts or physical sensations, what we call PET, do it the other way around, physical sensations, emotions, thoughts, PET, that are uncomfortable and try to replace them with things that are more comfortable, more positive, we get into an internal tug of war. You've heard this before. If we resist, it persists. and It just stays around. It lingers. So we need to actually experience it, explore it. When we get to ETA, which we're going to be doing this week, an advanced ETA. There's also an ETA in our podcast sessions earlier on, but we're going to get to an advanced ETA. We're going to talk about exploring. We, we need to feel whatever it is we're experiencing or else it will persist. And so we need to build into our repertoire of emotional management acceptance, allowing for those uncomfortable PET, physical sensations, emotions, and thoughts, or that voice in our head, but our pet, we need to allow for those uncomfortable pets or that desire for some food we want or cigarette or alcohol or for when someone might say something to us that makes us want to react to them in some way. And in all of these cases, we need to just experience it, just explore it, not push it away. Simply be present, make space for it. And be willing to just watch it and be with it. This is when we start to have way more control. And this is why we do mindfulness, which we'll talk about in a few minutes. We need to try to befriend these uncomfortable sensations, not ruminate and and kind of linger on them, but just label them for what they are in the moment. Welcome them, in fact. The actor Judy Dench, who's won an Oscar and pretty much everything else there is to win in acting, said, she treats emotions as companions as opposed to as an enemy. Again, Judy Dench said, emotions, she gets very nervous before acting. She said, I treat these emotions as companions along the way, not as an enemy. So what we're really talking about here is this idea of acceptance. A good way to build acceptance is to be careful about our language. Instead of saying, I am angry, we can instead say, I'm noticing that I'm having the thought of anger. Now that might seem a bit fussy and pedantic. I like that word pedantic. But when we do this, when we say not I'm angry, but I'm noticing I'm having the thought of anger, we create a space between us and our pet, our physical sensations, emotions, and thoughts. We disidentify with this pet. And it gives us the chance to choose our response. And then we start to see that it's not our pet, physical sensations, emotions, thoughts. It's the pet. So we don't push it away. We just sit with it for a little while and see what happens. We bring some curiosity to it, some mindfulness to it. And what's amazing is that we see it comes, 
gets intense and then it goes away. But it really does go away at that point. So the key here is to recognize that we are not our emotions. We can have emotions, but we can have them without becoming them. If you can notice your emotions without becoming them, they no longer rule your behavior. And now this is what brings us to mindfulness. So a big part of this podcast is walking mindfulness. People have challenges with sitting mindfulness. This is walking mindfulness. And part of the reason we practice it is that we can get better at not running away from those things that are uncomfortable, not falling into avoiding or getting hooked and making a mess. We're trying to build non-judgmental, non-reactive awareness of whatever it is we are experiencing. That's why we practice you know, the first part of our sessions just by watching without reacting, without trying to change anything. And in fact, when we do this over and over, we actually build stronger neural pathways of self-control so that our prefrontal cortex, which is the executive function area, that's where self-control comes from, can tamp down our amygdala, the emotional part of our brain. And being able to watch, even for a mind moment, how our emotions can arise and without reacting and create space where we can just pause long enough to let it sit there, what it also does is it gives us a moment to reference our identity statement or our core values and reminds us how do we want to show up. So we experience, we don't push away, but we create a bit of a space so we can say, no, this is how I want to show up as an exceptional leader, as an exceptional manager or team member or parent or friend. So there's a lot here. What have we talked about? We've talked about being our body, right? Because that's how we make emotions. Be aware of when we're halted, hungry, angry, lonely, tired. We need to choose to accept more and just be able to stay. The more we can do that, the more we almost get trained in being able to be with those things that are uncomfortable. And that just becomes more of our habit, not running away or not making a mess. And of course, mindfulness is a big part. And the bottom line is that we're really talking about personal responsibility. No matter how much you might think it is true, no one is making you react in the moment. You are making the choice to react. And this is where being mindful of our language actually is really important as well. We might hear ourselves say, I was so angry, I told him to blank. And I get it. But instead, try this. I was so angry, I chose to say. And again, at first, all of this can feel mechanical and artificial, but let me tell you, the more that we can do this, it reminds us that we are in control. That it, and we also take more personal responsibility to manage our emotions. We're not at the mercy of our emotions. It is our choice. This is what emotional management is all about. And it takes time. And it won't be, you know, easy. But if it was easy, anyone could do it. And here's the thing. The more you work at it and you really master this skill, and it is a skill, it will become your superpower. It will differentiate you from all of the other people who, in a sense, you're competing with for jobs, for, you know, building your career, for getting that project. And it's not about being competitive, but this can become a competitive advantage even when an organization really commits to growing emotional intelligence. I can tell you, we do a lot of work with organizations on the training side, and those who have 
from the top to the bottom, really invested in building emotional intelligence skills for their employees. The, the, I mean, I can tell you from research, there's a ton of research on how that drives performance. I can tell you from our experience, it changes the culture and it starts with self-awareness. Then it's emotional management, which we're talking about this week, and then emotional connection. So standing tall, looking around, feeling grateful, feeling our feet on the ground, maybe feeling our body jazzed by these ideas, jazzed by the idea that we have more control than we think we do. And like with our Olympic athletes, it takes time. So just be patient, right? Anything worth building takes time. So now let's move to our goals for the day. What do you want to get done today? Think of three things that you really want to focus on today. Think about how you want to show up today as you get these things done. Think about how you can be exceptional and not let the challenging moments cause you to react in certain ways. You're going to choose how you're going to react. As Viktor Frankl said, these are the, this is the last of the human freedoms. And so bringing this energy into the day. If you're enjoying the podcast, please share it with friends. Rate and review. We want to grow this community. We want to make a big impact. Have a wonderful day.